This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. So, usually this time of year, things are starting to settle down. We know who's what and who's where when it comes to the NFL. There aren't often big-name players in flux when it comes to the last week or as we approach the last week of August. But there's plenty of that happening right now. And with less than three weeks to go till the regular season, there's still a lot unknown about some big names around the NFL. That's all coming up on today's edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. So Josh Jacobs of the Raiders has not signed his tender. Jonathan Taylor of the Colts wants out of Indy. Stephon Diggs of the Bills, according to Stephen A. Smith, wants out in Buffalo. Now, he's denied that. There's some interesting storylines and some unhappy campers around the NFL as we get down to the start of the season. Plus. A former first overall pick is a quarterback, a starting quarterback again. And that's where we have to begin. Everybody knows, anybody that's listened to me before knows how much I love Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, uh, here in Cleveland where I work, we refer to people that love Baker Mayfield. I should say I refer because I started this term as the Baker Bros. And there were a lot of Baker bros that no matter what he did, because he won a playoff game, and kudos to him, he was a better quarterback than anybody the Browns had for the last 20 years. Tells you how bad Browns quarterbacks have been. But Baker Mayfield was a god in Cleveland until he wasn't. But there are still some Baker bros hanging around Cleveland. And there are more in the woodwork waiting, waiting for Baker to play well. And now he will have his opportunity. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week announced that Baker Mayfield will be their starting quarterback. Kudos to him for beating out the very dangerous Kyle Trask for the starting job in Tampa. Yes, there are some rumors circulating that were created by me that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin want out of Tampa. Uh, The Buccaneers are not going to be very good, but they play in a terrible division, so anything's possible, right? Can Baker, in his what's probably his last chance, turn it around and become a legitimate starter? And let, you know, as much as I've uh, given Baker a hard time, and uh, there's a segment of our fan base that goes bananas every time I mention uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, he, ha- he clearly has had his moments. I mean... You know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced there's 32 quarterbacks better. As hard as I've been on him, I don't think there's 32 quarterbacks better than him in the NFL. Now, I think there's probably 25 better than him 
or at least 25 to 30 that I'd rather have than him who have more potential. And that puts you in a bad spot. When you have the, the 26th to 35th quarterback as your starter, yeah, that's not a good position to be in. Nobody wants to be in that position. In this day and age in the NFL, that's a losing situation to be in uh, because maybe that guy's good enough to make you mediocre, but that's it. And that's the situation with Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield at his best is a serviceable quarterback. He hasn't been at his best for, you know, for a while. Uh, 2020 was the last time he was at his best. And he played well that year. He was a pretty solid quarterback. But the last two years, he's been awful. He lost his job in Cleveland. He lost his job in Carolina. Uh, and then he got a chance with the Rams, and they didn't want him back. Uh, now, may- maybe they did. But if they did, they didn't want him as a starter. They want him as a backup with uh, Matthew Stafford coming back. Uh, Tampa Bay is a team that obviously was great a few years ago. They had Tom Brady. They won a championship. Uh, But, you know, the defense has taken a hit. The running game is very unproven. You got Rashad White as a starter. He was a rookie last year. Wasn't great. You got the veteran Chase Edmonds there. Not much depth behind him. We know what they've got in their top two starter wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But they've got nothing behind them. Nothing in particularly good at tight end. Uh, Their offensive line has some question marks to it. Uh, So good luck to Baker. I'm not going to be a phony. I say good luck, but I'm not really rooting for him. I I, I know it's messed up, but I I keep it real. I don't want Baker to do well in Tampa because I love being able to poke the bear on the Baker bros who are still around. And I'm not a Baker fan. By the way, like, I don't know if you've heard this story, but he also is suing these financial advisement companies, including one or at least one that his his uh, family has employees in that his dad apparently started because he's had twelve million dollars disappear. How does that happen? I don't know, man. A lot of rich people get get uh, get ripped off by other rich people. That's a thing, you know, but. uh don't you want to like? Don't you pay attention to your money? How do twelve million disappear? I can understand if you're rich, a couple of thousand disappearing, maybe I guess, but twelve million. I mean that that's kind of crazy. But anyway, on the field, Baker won the a competition of ugliness, and he gets to be the starter. And Tampa Bay uh, has a pretty, uh, pretty tough schedule to start the season even though they are in probably the worst division in football. They've got they got to go to Minnesota week 1. Then they've got then they've got the Bears at home in week 2, but then the Eagles at home in week 3, then at the Saints and then the Lions at home. That's a that's a tricky uh, start to the season. So Baker will be tested right off the bat. Let's get to players who are actually good. Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor came into the NFL and was great. His rookie year, he was absolutely phenomenal for the Colts. Um, and he looked, you know, it, of course, last year he went, he went first in all the fantasy drafts, right? Um, his rookie year was great. His second year, he was even better. He was the, the best running back in football. His second year in the league, 2021, he led the league in attempts, rushing attempts, in yards with over 1,800, touchdowns with 18, and yards per game at 106.5. Yards 
uh, yards from scrimmage and total touchdowns. So he had, remember, he had 32 total touchdowns, 19 rushing. Oh, sorry. Uh, 29 rushing and 32 overall in his first two seasons in which he played 32 of a possible 31 games, uh, uh, 32 of possible 33 games. Last year, he missed time. He missed six games. He wasn't quite as effective when he did play. His yards per carry went from five as a rookie to 5.5 as a second-year player to 4.5 last year. Not bad, but not what it was the previous two seasons. Um, He had only four touchdowns last year, all rushing. So coming off a, a subpar year, now he's still at 861 yards. <laughs> he missed six games and still wasn't that far off a thousand yards. This guy's an incredible talent. He's young. He uh, he turned. He, he's 24 years old. And if you've been following the story, you know the the owner of the the Colts is a is a lunatic, right? He's a. I mean, you know what can you say? The guy's got addiction problems. Um, he. He is a narcissist, as many you know billionaires tend to be, uh, and and he said some crazy stuff with Taylor. And what's funny is he's basically spent the entire last month or two talking about how unimportant Jonathan Taylor is. Right, running backs don't get paid. Fine, we know that most running backs don't get paid big money at this point. Fair or foul doesn't matter. It's the it's what it is what it is. And he has spent the last month talking about how he's not that important, and now. They've given him uh, the ability to seek a trade, and he's like, well, we want all this. We want a huge return for him. Well, you've just spent the last month downgrading him and talking about how, how unimportant he is, and now you're expecting a big return? That's crazy. Ultimately, I don't know if the Colts are going to trade Jonathan Taylor or not. I don't think anybody's going to get as good as Jonathan Taylor is. I'm not sure anybody's going to give up a first-round pick for him, let alone additional picks on top of that. Um, I, I was reading, um, I don't remember who it was, I think it was, might've been Albert Breers had some comments where he spoke to some GMs who said, yeah, third round pick, that seems low. I, I, and he's not going to get, you're not going to get as much for him as, as a Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's accomplished more, but he's older and he's been injury prone too. I, Jonathan Taylor's a great player and any good, if, if I were good or like a, a Super Bowl contender, that felt like I was a running back shirt. Now, again, I, I agree just like most people that I could live with it with a decent running back, but why live with a decent running back if I have a chance to get a great one? And I think Jonathan Taylor's a great one. Um, and, and if I'm a team that's likely to end up in the bottom few picks of the first round anyway, I'm going to be aggressive. I, if I'm almost any team, unless I have a superstar back, if I'm the the Dolphins, if I'm the Bills, if I'm the Bengals, um, if I'm the Chiefs, certainly, uh, if I'm the Eagles. Any of those teams. Am I forgetting anybody? If I'm Minnesota, it's another team. I'm seriously considering making a run at Jonathan Taylor. Any of those teams, he's a big upgrade on what they got at running back. Big one. Especially teams like Miami and Buffalo and uh, Minnesota. I mean, in those three spots in particular, he's, he's a massive upgrade. 
Now, Minnesota's got cap issues. That's part of the reason they they cut Dalvin Cook. Um, but uh, Miami's been looking for a running back all offseason. They got a bunch of, like, okay guys there. Buffalo, too. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. I, maybe they like James Cook. But if I have a chance to get Jonathan Taylor, I'm all in. And maybe Indy wants to trade him to the to the to the NFC. I don't know, but if I'm, you know, I don't I don't know that there's a perfect fit there. Only because, like I said, Minnesota's got cap issues. And if they were gonna, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's younger than Dalvin Cook, but if they were gonna wanted a running back that bad, they wouldn't have cut Dalvin Cook. But nothing would surprise me with Philadelphia. They're an extremely aggressive team. They don't necessarily need Jonathan Taylor, but he's a lot better than anybody else they have. Obviously, San Francisco has McCaffrey. They're not going to go down that road. Nobody in the NFC South is good enough that they would probably risk making that trade. Detroit, you know, they just spent the high draft pick on Jameer Gibbs, so I don't know, but uh, nothing. it would stun me. Giants obviously have Barkley. Commanders aren't good. Dallas, I mean, Dallas. Dallas is interesting. I, I'm ready to see Tony Pollard get, get handed the ball a bunch of times, but the, the reality, again, Tony Bob, um, Jonathan Taylor's just an absolute superstar. But in the end, I don't know that anybody's going to give up a first-round pick. And maybe I'm crazy considering it. Now, I would only consider it if I'm a team that is, you know, highly confident that I'm going to be a, a a bottom pick in the in the first round. And if you're especially teams like Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas City, like there's a good chance you're going to be a bottom six pick in the, in the draft. Uh, unless your quarterback gets hurt, then you're screwed. But it'll be interesting to see what ha- what ends up happening with Jonathan Taylor. While the Colts apparently are open to the idea of him being traded, the Raiders apparently say they're not interested in uh, trading Josh Jacobs. He hasn't signed his tender. But the reality is, if Josh Jacobs, the smart thing to do is to co- is I know he's frustrated. I know he doesn't want to play on the on the franchise tag especially coming off a career season that he had last year, he wants to get paid. His previous, up until last year, he'd been a good back, but not a great back. Last year, he played like a great back, and he wants to get paid off of that. It's not going to happen. Um, it, and if they don't trade him, what what's he going to do? What's his recourse, to sit out the season? I mean, that doesn't make much sense to me. So I think in the end, Josh Jacobs, and I, if I were Josh Jacobs, I wouldn't wait till you know, the day before the first game, I'd want to get, at least get a little time at camp, a couple of days, even a week. He's not going to help his cause if he sits out the whole season. He's just not. It doesn't work out for running backs. I know these guys get screwed. I have a level of sympathy for them, but it is what it is. And, you know, you guys negotiated this deal. If the players union in the NFL were as good as the baseball and basketball players union, they'd be in better shape. It's the most valuable sport, but they got those guys never. There's such a divide between the haves and the have nots in the sport that the strikes, you know, when they go on strike and never, they always fall apart and it, it kills their leverage position and they always get screwed in these negotiations. They do. You know, it is what it is. As for Stefan Diggs, I know Stephen A. Smith said on, on uh, first take that, um, he he knows that Stefan Diggs is unhappy. Stefan Diggs denied it. Listen, you can poke fun of Stephen A. Smith all you want. You can take shots at him. You can say he's a loud mouth and a blowhard. Uh, people have said that about me too. 
and maybe he's wrong here, but Stephen A. Smith has connections. Let's not pretend he doesn't. You may not like him. You may think he's obnoxious or whatever. The guy's got connections. And just because Stephon Diggs says he's not unhappy doesn't mean that's true. Guys, I had a, a Major League Baseball player who was playing for the Cleveland Indians a decade ago, a little less than that. I'm not going to say who it is. I've never said who it is. But it's a player who told me flat out in spring training once that he didn't like playing in Cleveland. And yet he played here for a while, and you, nobody had a bad word to say about the guy. Guy's a great player. Uh, good player. And, and, and nobody ever, like, I don't know who he told. He, t- he happened to tell me one time. I never said on the air who it was. I won't. But you don't know what it would really go. He would have never said. I don't even know why he told me. He didn't know me that well. It was kind of. I was kind of stunned when he told me that. So, but so players are not going to admit that all the time. Right now, Stephon Diggs may may want to go, but whether it's true or not, what Stephen A. Smith said, um, they're not trading Stephon Diggs. There's zero chance the Buffalo Bills are trading Stephon Diggs. Um, so I I don't think there's uh. I, we, we talked about it on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show yesterday a little bit about maybe the Browns being aggressive there. I think something that's to keep an eye on if as the season goes, um, and you know the Browns are a team that have re, re, in the last few days have restructured contracts of Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, and David Njoku. They have over $30 million in cap space. And people are like, oh, they're going to make a big move. They're going to trade for Diggs. They're going to do the... I don't think that's about this year. I think it's about the huge cap hit for Watson next year. However, it gives them flexibility during the season. The teams want some flexibility. If you look at some of the teams that could be bad, that have good players, you know, training is getting a little bigger in the NFL the last few years. It was the only thing that the NBA and Major League Baseball had over football was was a trade deadline. And, and the NFL trade deadline, which is still the weakest, uh, is getting better. And an interesting team could be the Rams. Like if the Rams are over the cliff and Stafford's over the cliff, cliff, could Cooper Cup and or Aaron Donald be traded? Those those two fascinating guys that you might want to have money for. I don't know that either one will get traded. I don't think Stafford's done, but I'm saying if they're an interesting team to look at, and they're one of the few that has like some good veteran players that's probably that could potentially be a bad team, but players that you'd be excited to potentially acquire. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thanks to all of you for joining me, as always. We're on YouTube now. We're, of course, at our regular spots, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Um, uh, We'll do some fantasy later in this week. Uh, Every Friday before the season, we'll be doing game picks. Uh, I had a great season picking games last year, so hopefully we'll stay as hot this year. I'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.